RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. It's time to check in again with our friend Ivor Cummins in Dublin, Ireland, a biochemical engineer, a complex problem solver, applying scientific methods to health issues. His book is Eat Rich, Live Long, Mastering the Low Carb and Keto Spectrum for Weight Loss and Longevity. His handle on X is The Fat Emperor. His blog you will find at thefatemperor.com. And Ivor is with us. Morning, Ivor. Nice to have you back. Ah, morning, Paul. Great to be here. I had a, a late li- la- night last night, so I'm I'm not too sharp this morning, but I think okay. I get by. Are you out? <laughs> um, what were you, what were you do? What were you doing this time? Ah, just a couple of friends, and the night extended a little beyond normal. You know, you hadn't been around in a while, so not nothing special, but it went late. <laughs> you, you weren't in your persuasion mode because I think last time you mentioned you'd been out, you'd been at a some sort of event where you were basically trying to. Well, not convinced, but uh, inform people, wake, wake a few up, you know. Yeah, well, well, luckily last night it was people who were fully aware already, so we okay. didn't. We we were just able to riff on the madness without having to convince each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when that that's the case. All right, speaking of the madness, plenty to talk about. Um, let's start off with what's this metal wall around the what um, where you are? What what the hell is all that about? Well. Happily, Paul, in fairness, and I'm not sure how successful over time it'll be. None of us know that. But but anything that's going to be successful will be grassroots, the people pushing back. And just as an example in Ireland, and it was a good example, when they tried to bring masks down from 12-year-olds to, I think, 9 to 12-year-olds, ordinary people actually pushed back and they went to the Irish Parliament and the media couldn't call them far right because they were actually there were no nutters there with crazy placards. So what actually happened is the government immediately backed down. So it shows you it can work. Uh, That's just an example. But the hate speech law, which we talked about before in Ireland, which is insane, that and other things are now beginning to get people to rise up and they're beginning to push at the parliament. Now, the bought media are always casting slurs of far right. That's just their modus operandi. Fine. But there's more people pushing back. So I'll just read first before I tell you about the metal wall, which is comical. The hate speech section Actually, word for word, under this section, it would be a crime if someone merely possesses material that is likely to incite violence or hatred against a person or group of persons with a view to the material being communicated to the public or a section of the public, whether by himself or herself or another person. In other words, having possession of anything that might maybe could someday in the future have an effect of being hateful. It's insane. And the bill says that where it is reasonable to assume that the material was not intended for personal use, it will be, quote, presumed that the accused did indeed intend to disseminate it unless they can prove otherwise. The maximum punishment under Article 10 is two years in jail. So basically, it's thought crime. A hundred percent bona fide, no arguments, no quibbles. They have written thought crime into this proposed legislation. Yeah. Yeah. And In Ireland, luckily, there was a popular uprising and it got around and they've actually deferred it to the autumn. And they're obviously now watching and thinking, hmm, people are aware. So people listening need to remember if they get the feeling that a sizable minority are becoming aware and angry, they actually back off. Yeah. And 
our problem has been all through COVID, not enough people even expressed uh, dissatisfaction. You know, that, that was our problem. If enough people, a, a sizable minority, are vocal and saying, we don't agree with X, Y, Z, they actually back off. So that's just a hopeful side. It kind of reminds me of, you know, those business deals where you start with the most unreasonable position. And if the, the person on the other side of the negotiation is dumb enough to accept it, well, you'll get it. So yeah. that's what's going on here. You start off with the most crazy position that you know will probably never fly, yet you start with it and you kind of work back well, from there. Yeah, there, there are. Well, there's a chance with that strategy, which they seem to have gone with. And I thought, actually, it wasn't wise. They went so far, it just, it it obviously it did blow up. But there's a chance it could go through and you get all your turkeys for Christmas. You get all your ducks in a row. You make a massive gain, like the business deal. And you just smile and laugh to yourself. Yeah, and you idiocy. think, what an idiot these people are. Yeah. They deserve it if they let me do it. That's it. And if you're comfortable, which these goons are, that you've got the backing of the idiot politicians and the legislature, and you you may feel that we, we will be able to push it through, even if there's a, a, a backlash. But the, but that didn't work out for them. But yeah, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good attempt. But it, what's interesting is that they put in wording what self-evidently breaches all constitutional values. Mm. And they were willing to do that. Yeah, why would you do like, that? Yeah, it it's, shows you the audacity of these scumbags going all the way up to the UN and and obviously the Agenda 2030. The audacity is huge after COVID because in fairness, with COVID largely, the people proved themselves to be idiots, sadly. Yeah. And again, I don't want to criticize people. They were brainwashed, propagandized. But they did prove themselves to fall for what was was clearly absurd. So it's emboldened these goons, I think. Goons. That's one of the problems. Yeah, it's a goon show, all right. So <laughs> basically how you describe it, you, you could write something to yourself in your locked diary, put it in a safe, put it in a secure storage, and you still could, <laughs> if someone found out it was there, then you would have to prove that you were never going to let it out at some point which is impossible to do. It's, yeah. it's, wow. Okay. It's, and one policeman, uh, traditionally the true hate crime laws, which are a hundred percent adequate. They were used 50 or 60 times in the last 20 odd years. They actually say inciting hatred or inciting violence, which, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. And they've been used successfully. It's and there's there. no gap in the legislature. None. But this is, uh, instead of the Garda commissioner, the top Garda and a warrant and all allowing a search in real law, like that law, this one, a single member of the Garda or the police force, based on intel he gets from wherever, a single Garda. Next door neighbor. Whatever. Could be anyone. Could be, yeah. could be a next door neighbor that hates you. Of course. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be all that too. Dobbing you and, in. Yeah. Yeah. And that person, that guard, can authorize to search your house. So if they go in and find the safe, this law says that even if you don't give them a key or if it's a laptop... They can and you gas say, exit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crime to not give them pin codes. Oh, they wrote okay. that in. Right. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's it's beyond nuts. And luckily, uh, people push back. But, you know, there's been these protests and that gets to the metal wall. Yeah. And this is where it gets just funny if it wasn't so sinister. There was a big media push after there was a protest. Now, in fairness, some of the protests caused a bit of trouble. But what do you expect? The people are angry. And yeah, but what is me- trouble, Ivo? I mean, there's trouble oh, in these troubles. Nothing. You know? jostled, jostled some right. politicians, pushed phones in their no. faces. Nothing, no charges, no nothing. Complete nonsense, the usual stuff. It wasn't nearly as bad as the water charge protest 20 years ago, where they imprisoned a, a member of parliament effectively in her car and they, they rocked right. the car and they couldn't yeah. leave. I mean, that's pretty No, that's scary. You, you, yeah. You'd be scared, yeah. Yeah, and and by the way, the leftists who are doing that are the ones that then later supported COVID. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't make this up. It's just yeah. insane. Yeah, but that's, a, that's a whole new discussion. That one. Yeah, that's that's too big a discussion. But you know, they they caused a bit of jostling and all that, and I I was delighted to see it, obviously, because no one got hurt and it was all within the law. So it was good to see people exercising their rights to protest. Great. The media went crazy. And they found one person who had done a mock gallows and just pasted headshots of a few politicians on it. It was a cardboard thing. And they featured that and basically intimated, oh, incitement to violence. I mean, come on. A mock gallows is one of the oldest protest things. We had that here in New Zealand when we had the parliamentary protests a year ago, just over a year ago. Um, Mm. Boy, it's longer than that. Time flies. But, uh, you know, people angry. It was... um, it was um, protesting against the mandates, and someone had exactly that as well, and they made a huge deal of it. Yeah, and allegedly they, it freaked out politicians. They were so scared they couldn't, <laughs> you know, go out their front door, and it was just this, you know, just this little yep. hobby I horse mean, thing that someone had done for theatrical. I mean, yeah, same, same thing. Yeah, it's just making a statement that. It's basically the statement that these guys are treasonous, which you can absolutely argue it's treason for your politicians to report to a higher authority that's non-sovereign outside your country, like the UN, and basically bring in laws that are against the people's interests. It is essentially treason, and you're putting up a cardboard gallows, and that's making that point. I mean, any sane person knows that. There's no one there who's actually going to kidnap, you know, someone. You just know that. Or incite someone to do it. Of course, of course. It's a mock cardboard gallows making a point. You go to the hardware store to buy the the equipment, right? And knock it up in your garage over the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) And then tie it to the roof of the car and take it to it. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. I know. It's but it's more the same. The media backlash is always like so disproportionate. It actually shows the corruption by their very actions. You can see it. So anyway, I thought, well, this is interesting. And a few politicians got jostled and one or two of them actually ran away when asked questions. They ran away. They actually began to jog and ran away. The imagery was beautiful. Not a good look. Yeah, they were not hit. They were not anything. They were asked questions. Why are you supporting X, Y, Z? Why are you doing this? And, And after a minute, they just turned around and ran away and the video catches the running down the street. It was comical. So there's that. But then a couple of weeks later, there's a mainstream article and there's a picture of these big metal barricades put between the two houses. Oh, I see. And they said measures that are now required. I mean, expensive stuff because of the recent 
you know, harassment and safety concerns, safety. Where do we hear that? Safety. It's always safety, isn't it? But it just shows you how absurd it is. And it's also, as I said in a tweet, it's dog whistling and sending subliminal messages to the kind of idiots. Oh, look, this is bad. Danger, danger, threats, safety, hate. Yeah, it's sending yeah. a message. It's a it's a visual message. Isn't that what happened at, on January sixth? They did the same thing. They put up, you know, kind of barriers or 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 or, or items that would have you think that way as well. That something's something's about to happen. There's some, there's some terrible threat here because otherwise they wouldn't have. What do they have? Guns or or something that they they put up around the capital. I think um, in, in anticipation, which which sent out the same sort of signals. You know. Yeah, it ups the ante. And there was a lot of, with the anti-lockdown protests across the world, particularly in Ireland, there was video evidence from shaky phones that special police units, you know, were there. And there was questions around whether there was incitement and the barriers were very oppressive and they hemmed everyone in. So a lot of those actions, rather than proper crowd control, if you go extreme and hem everyone into into a block, you, you can tend to increase the probability of, of people reacting, disrupting or throwing objects. So you can, there's no paper trail, there's no proof, but you can increase the probability that the crowd can be shown to be unreasonable. Yeah. So there's a lot of these tricks, yeah, really, a lot yeah. of these tricks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had um, the Posey Parker visit here, which ended with the, the trans people going nuts and throwing tomato juice over her and um, she was pinned on the ground, etc. They did the opposite. The police, as it turned out, put in the flimsiest barriers you could ever find for something like this. So they could so easily be knocked over and this whole thing, you know, could kick off. So... It kicks both ways. It like like many things. You can do one extreme thing for one scenario and then do the opposite when it suits you. And we saw that over the last few years in every case, like completely ridiculous overreactions and of course underreactions. And me, the BLM in America was a classic. When COVID began to dissipate, BLM was exploited. Now I'm not saying there wasn't an incident, and of course the police, you know, a man passed. That that's that's reality. But the exploitation of that, it was jumped on. And then we had this hysteria for a couple of months. But like that, the riots, the lootings, there was basically a hands-off approach. Let it go. Yeah. Because this is with the narrative. This They got the memo. Instinctively, the memo comes down from the top. We don't want to know of our action. And everyone gets the memo, so they all back off. Because it suits. And we see this. We see this all the time. It's the way you so, rule. So is the metal fence still there? I'd have to say I saw the headline. I tweeted on it and obviously ridiculed it. Um, and I my my memory is, I, I could be incorrect in this. I got to state. I think it's something that can be put up at certain times. I oh, don't right. think it's a permanent feature. On a need-to-do pro- basis, right? Yeah, but but the media coverage. Once you've got your propaganda message, yeah, out, you don't yeah. you don't need. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to have it there uh, all the time. You've told people it is needed for the safety of our representatives. You've you've got the message, and you can roll that old corpse out anytime you want. Yeah. So next time they can put it up and say, "Oh, we need this now." But it's also a move towards 
you know, autocratic rule, fences, barriers, it all yeah. moves forward. The, the black boot, the jack boot, you know what I mean? Inch by inch moves yeah. it forward. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, um, <laughs> that's theater, isn't it? That's the theater for sure. Okay. Um, let's turn our attention to the latest on the virus. Shall we? We always seem to touch on that every time we chat. And I think there's a new John Campbell video out. I haven't watched it, but I've seen the title of it. It, it, it sounded interesting and I was curious and I will get to it, but, um, um, have you been noticing that? Have you been looking at that? Yeah, I did actually yesterday. Uh, I I had a quick look and speed watched, if you will. Uh, John had a, a Canadian legal expert who was very articulately, specifically going through what's going on here. And it, it's pretty insane. And I took a snapshot of his list of six key concerns. I think he did a great summary uh, from what I was familiar with. And like just running through them quickly, um, sure. self-author. If we if we do so, number one, self authorization by mere fake declaration authority. So fake. I know this sounds like a joke, like they're laughing at us, but there's been a lot of these things. P H E I C, public health emergency of international concern. It's a fake. <laughs> P H E I. Really? Okay. Yeah, it reads as fake, which is almost like you know. Sometimes you wonder, are they actually laughing at us? But anyway. Uh, all potential threats are now included in the legislation they're writing, uh, the health regulations. So a fake can be declared by the WHO exclusively without limitations, and it can be way beyond pandemics. It can be a problem relating to health, relating to global warming. And mm -hmm. it basically has, has a clause to say, Anything the WHO sits up one morning and decides is a fake, again, it's hard not to laugh at that, yeah, they can declare it. Amazing. That, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? So could that be kind of anything? Could you say that um, anxiety is of if, a, if, a health, con you know, of whatever the terminology is, you know, um, uh, of concern and and suddenly what you're mandating the psycho drugs on on people well technically and again that has not been demonstrated obviously because this is future looking but it has written into it yes if there was a mass event that was affecting population anxiety across the world well, this event tech, huh the one we've just had well, yeah. Now, whether they would use this to do that and whether they could pull that off is debatable. Yeah. And whether they'd be, uh, be ballsy enough to actually attempt that. But the key point is, yes, within this legislation, they've got the latitude to declare a fake based on any kind of threat, not, not just viruses. I can't help. And they mentioned global warming and a few Eagle other things. I, yeah. Yeah. So global so warming, they'd use that in the context of what um, that, that uh, could increase the risk of like tropical type diseases or, or, or um, warm yeah. climate diseases, even though one hasn't appeared. Yeah, or there could be a worry about heat waves. So when perfectly naturally we end up at a very hot period in Europe, like they exploited last summer, and it relates to El Nino and ocean yeah. atmospheric movements, it's nothing to do with 
with you know exhaust gas. But but there was a huge Ferrari about it. So yeah, you could say under this, they could say, look, we believe it's at the level of a European emergency. So you have There's to stay inside. Them. You have to stay yeah. inside. You're not allowed out in the sun or something like that. <laughs> or God knows. You mm. see, they've already demonstrated with COVID. This is the beauty, Paul. That if COVID hadn't happened and we saw this and were worried about it, we'd have to use our imaginations, and we could be accused of of scare stories or propaganda, etc. But the beauty is, and this is the beauty, COVID proved that they're prepared to do anything, mm. even insane stuff. So that's on the record. That's proven now, and and that in a way, even though it was terrible for all of us, at least it's proven to people who have a brain that there's no limits to these guys. And I'll give you an example. Public health uh, emergency of international concern. It happened a few months ago, or well, maybe a year ago now, monkeypox. So the WHO, just to show you how unbelievably corrupt they are, on the record, monkeypox was a tiny percentage of 98% gay men, and it was related to those activities. Obviously, that's fine, but that's just a medical fact, which the WHO admitted afterwards from studies. They put to their technical panel, and nine to six, they voted against monkeypox being a public health emergency of international concern. Now, if you went down to the local bar and got a bar bag or a drunk at the bar and explained in a few sentences monkeypox, they could tell you it was obviously not yeah, an emergency yeah. of international. I mean, uh, anyone could tell you that. But the panel voted nine, six against it. So six people on the panel were utterly corrupt by definition. Tedros intervened, which is he's entitled to do, shockingly. He's entitled to overrule the whole panel. And he did. He overruled the panel legally and declared that it was a public health emergency of international concern. How can he have so much power? How can one person, how can anyone because we were give asleep. one person that much power? Well, this doesn't make any to- sense. It makes no sense, but it speaks to where we are, unfortunately, and I don't want to be negative. We have been, and I mean all of us, including me before COVID, I thought I knew about corruption and revolving doors with pharma and the FDA. I thought I knew all the corruption. I really had no knowledge of the UN, the Rockefeller Institution, Influence, and the WEF. I did not. But all of us were blind for 20 years while all of this was put in place. And in swine flu, I recognized the WHO was incredibly corrupt from swine flu. And they were caught and it was published in mainstream in 2010 and in the BMJ, how the WHO faked a pandemic. So the media back then actually published it guilty as charged. That was like 10 or 15 years ago. Since then, it's obviously become exponentially worse, but no one was aware. I mean, and that's how we end up here. They just steadily increase their powers and their their bedfellowness with pharma. And here we are. So, you know, it's all about wow. going forward, though. But but this is the reality. Is there anything more from that um, Campbell episode? Well, really quickly then. So that's number one concern. And obviously it's beyond concerning. Yeah. Two is the WHO recommendations. They removed a whole ton in the old regulations of the word non-binding. 
it was actually all the way through because it had to be legally because they had to keep saying on all the different suggestions that might occur that they were non-binding. Everyone has been redlined and removed. So by implication, the member states who sign up must enforce. Yep. And a member state that doesn't, there's a lot of stuff in there about penalties to a member state that says, hold on a minute, this is nuts. So there's going to be a whole load of new weapons against member states who so don't agree. Ostracized is, is what will happen, mm. right? That, that's yeah. the weapon. Exactly. Yeah. The other number three is info control, censorship and manipulation. So manipulation of public opinion will be much, much stronger. And the lawyer said this is basically the end of science, end of justice and mm. indeed the end of democracy. Because if an international, you know, top of pyramid body can actually engage and and it is written in the charter to control information and they supersede nations in this and everything in this, that's it. That, that's 1984. You're pretty much there all yeah. over bar the, fight, bar the shouting, as they say. Yeah. So number three is a killer. And we saw that he made the point very eloquently about event 201. So event 201 in November or October 2019 that Gates, Johns Hopkins, and I think WEF organized, the whole theme of that when they said there might be a pandemic in the future, like maybe in 20, 30, 40 years time, well, it turned out it broke. Yeah, it turned out two months later there was. Oh, wow, what a fluke. But it was all about infodemics, misinformation, and control of information. There was very little around medical response in it. it the CIA, ex-CIA people were there. All the media heads were there. It clearly was all about controlling the public. Yeah. So, yep. so here we are. Now they want it enshrined. Yeah. It, it's nuts. And I'll finish off the last three because I know I know that the show is rattling on. Four yep. is no checks and balances. So there's no uh, what they call AAR, after action review. And I'm very right. familiar with this from engineering. So when it's done, it's done, right? It's, yeah. The whole thing, there is no written in uh, mechanisms for quality control, correction mechanisms. There's no mechanism saying, you know, if in the event of a dispute, if nations are not happy, we will put into place this whole X, Y, Z. That's not in there. They're That's just incredible. That, you would yeah, never I run know. any operation and exclude your ability to do that. It's it's, it's reckless. Well, there is a, an exception where it's astonishing, but there is an exception where you do something like this and purposefully leave that out. And it's if you're corrupt. Yeah, you're you're right, though. There is no exception to that. Yeah. Only a corrupt body, by definition, would purposefully leave out any... Um, kind of redress and rebalancing and and quality control and escalation specifically. And the documents are huge. So these guys are bureaucrats, right, out of control. Hmm. But yet they left out all of that. And usually these documents are stuffed. There'll be 50 pages on that alone. No, because they don't want that in there. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. And five is no accountability and full immunity and full tax exemption. So WHO, like the UN people and the central bank, you know, all these quangos in Europe, they've got diplomatic immunity, immunity from prosecution and full tax exemption. 
So they're literally feeding themselves at the trough as they do this stuff to us. So it's just Oh, shocking. man. It just keeps <laughs> getting better, doesn't it? Just keeps getting it, better. It's bad. And the last one, six, fundamental rights and human dignity. And I think the point there was, oh, I remember what the point was. There was a section around fundamental rights and human dignity that none of this will breach fundamental rights and human dignity. That got taken out and got replaced with, you know what? It's uh, that sort of that language of what? um, Equity. Equity. and Equity. uh, So So basically they put in there, as soon as you see the term equity now, right, outside the stock market and equities, which is okay. Yeah. The term equality has been removed over many years and equity is put in. And that's basically cultural Marxism. That's the Marxism you impose, but it's really led by elites at the top and quangos and bureaucrats. But it's Marxism for the people and it's equity. In other words, we're giving you safety and we're giving you equity. They all sound lovely and God bless them. The people fall for it. It sounds nice. But it's the most sinister thing on the planet. Because so they you can't that. define you can't define that word in any that, practical that's way. That's a feature. Can you? Yeah, that's a feature, not a bug, Paul. As yeah. they say. Oh no, I, I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, like yeah. I say, it just keeps getting better. Um, mm. Sadly, yeah. Now, the positive side is, and that sounds really grim, and people listening and say, oh, my God, and, you know, I know people who are real doomery, and I'm not doomery, and you can tell. And on purpose, I'm lighthearted discussing this, because I think it's important that when we discuss this, we we should never come across as conspiratorial or wild-eyed or anything. We should address the published madness that's all published, and we should address it and ridicule it and let people know what Ridicule's they're actually a good- trying Ridicule, yeah. I think you're right, but it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, I find myself. I, uh, you know, I can feel my blood pressure going up, and I, I kind of get, get angry. You know, I start to feel angry, mm. and it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's hard not to feel that way. You know, it, it, it is, and I think that's important because the delivery. When you're delivering these messages, uh, it's important. What I, what I described, I think, to not come across as conspiratorial or wild-eyed or blah, blah, blah. But but yes, the message still has to get across and and the message will do what it what it it does when you articulate it properly, like we just did. We're lighthearted, we're pointing out the madness of it, but still we are pointing it out. So then it's for individual people to hear it and get angry. And and you should get angry and you should approach your politician. You should write to your media and say, why aren't you covering this? So we do need anger at this because it, it warrants anger. Of course it does. What we've just discussed is truly shocking. I mean, it's the end of democracy, as this legal expert said. And uh, yeah, people should hear this and and say, what can I do? Surely I can do something. And everyone could do something small. I mean, in the Bible, it was the widow's might. Even if the widow can only, can only afford a bent penny, it's still important. Uh, yeah. And again, I'm not religious and I'm not saying this in a religious sense. It was the concept of the widow's might yeah. that you may have very little influence or little that you can do, but you can do something and someone else may may hear you and then they may decide to do something. And and this is the only thing that ov- overturned tyrannies ever yeah. is people no. just began to do something about well it. Well put, well put. Yeah. I w- before we wind up, I want to get your view 
not so much on this conflict, which is, <laughs> I mean, it's so difficult to unpick and it's been building and churning for so long. But, um, and I'm talking about Hamas, Israel, but the mm. fog of it, the fog of it, because I've seen so many images, some of them are horrible. Um, I've seen so many claims on both sides, of course. And one thing is clear that people are, are being hurt and they're being killed, and a lot of them are innocent civilians. What do you make of of the of when we talk about the fog of these things? Yeah, that that's a tough one, Paul. And and what I do in any area I'm not personally expert in, and I'm 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 certainly familiar with the history of the Middle East, but only in a general sense. And yeah. I've never actually dug in. So I'm going to say that up front. What I do is I leverage people I trust who are more expert. And what I'm getting back is this, exactly what you say, the fog of war. Because a thousand plus or whatever the number is, uh, civilians atrociously died in a terrorist fashion. It's shocking. It's shocking. And because bombs were involved, bodies were dismembered. It is truly shocking. And they were civilians. Yeah. Truly shocking. I say that up first. The response, though, around the world is unusual. So it turns out there's a huge amount of people, even people on who are anti-COVID. And I mean really good people, good people who are against geopolitical, uh, autocratic, warmongering and, and uh, you know, tyranny enforcing powers. And yet they've switched that all off. And the very discussion of questioning whether there could be an element of Israel backing off somewhat on security, because if an incident happened to happen, nothing to do with them causing it or colluding with Hamas or anything. But if an incident happened to happen, that was was very, very bad. It would enable huge uh, justification for crucial, you know, objectives and strategies and it's just that question has to be asked to power when a tragedy happens. We still need to ask that question and not blindly trust authority. But what I've seen is if you even touch on that question, you can get attacked that that's a conspiracy theory like moon landings. And that's from people who are active against the COVID madness. So I learned that, wow, if emotions are high enough and outrage is high enough, justified outrage, I'll say, people can switch off the whole apparatus that we've learned over three years to always question authority, not the people, not even the army, but question, is there potentially, you know, some kind of strategic things going on here? Because we know we've been fooled again and again. And, and that's what I was surprised at. And a lot of great Israelis have come out on the other side who are questioning and they're getting attacked. So it's been very divisive. And I almost think, isn't that so convenient that you've now put a massive divisive issue into the people who have been pushing back against, you know, authoritarianism? You've now divided them in, in, a, in a big way and caused disruption. It's 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 kind of just worked out very well because we had COVID, we had the failed monkeypox nonsense, <laughs> we had the successful Ukraine. Remember, COVID disappeared and Ukraine, and that was real. People well, that, that's another example of what you've just been saying as well. Yeah. Because, because you know, um, I'm still hearing 
Ukraine are winning. Russia is incompetent. Um, it's only a matter of time, and so on and so forth. But then very credible say, people are saying, no, it's not like that. It's a meat grinder. Um, you know, Awful. 10 million people have left the country, 100,000 plus, maybe even more, have, have gone through the meat grinder. You know, what is it? What is it? Well, the people... An entry requirement for people who end up at high levels who can influence, like Kissinger, or like there's a long list of people we could throw out there. An entry requirement for that is you are not bothered in the slightest around a few Ks, 10 Ks, or whatever of civilians in order to achieve a greater goal. And Iraq was a great example that everyone knows, and it's on the record. It was a 100% corrupt war. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Colin Powell got up in the UN, the famous photo holding up a test tube. Almost comical if it wasn't so serious. And he admitted later, I think, in his bio or biography that he had no real choice. It was basically he either got up with that nonsense or he'd just be replaced by someone else. Well, he should have let so, himself be replaced. He should have, but, but look... If he did admit that, and I, my memory is he did kind of admit that. Well, he did seem like an honourable guy there for a while. He didn't come across as a credible, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, military leader of, of um, what's the word, you know, uh, authentic, but he was the believable. Head chief, of, chief of staff or whatever, the top level. I think he was a guy that got in there who, who balked at knowingly driving an utterly corrupt war. But he had to do it, he felt. That's for him, between him and right. God, as they yeah, say. totally. But, yeah. but he obviously was uncomfortable uh, because he had some humanity. But the BBC, and I've I published this, BBC published the estimate that they had of somewhere around 400 and something thousand civilians died as a result of that action. So we have to acknowledge the people who drive these corrupt wars they, they, by definition, they have to be not bothered by yep. hundreds of thousands. Of they can dying. sleep and, at night. Absolutely. And that's not controversial to say, even though people listening might think that's terrible. You're saying they don't care about hundreds of thousands of civilians dying. But I'm saying that's proven Yeah, because Iraq war happened. We know it was corrupt. The mass media covered that it was corrupt. And Tony Blair was all over the media, like where they said he was a war criminal. Not me. I didn't say that. Everyone said it. The media said it back in 2000, whenever. So we know it happened. We know nearly half a million civilians died and we know it was 100 percent corrupt. And um, so there you are. I mean, how many precedents do you need? I mean, that's it. That proves. Yeah. It's a proof. Yeah. So this is what we're dealing with. And. You know, I was in Israel in 2019, November, believe it or not, and I loved it. Tel Aviv at a, at a low carb conference. And I absolutely love the people. I just, it became my new favorite place. And that's that's a fact. And I said this publicly many times. I just loved it. And I loved the people. And it was just fantastic. And then I find years later, this insanity erupts. And I retweeted an Israeli journalist type person, Afrat something. And she was calling into question, how could the most advanced military and intelligence operation in the world not respond for six or eight hours. I mean, someone made the point Israel is the size of New Jersey. Yeah. You know, it's packed with people and military and intelligence. It's so small. Helicopters were 15 minutes away. Yeah. They didn't come for hours and hours and hours. Now, you can say it's incompetence, and maybe it is. 
But she just raised this question that should be discussed. And the Times of Israel reported mainstream, front page practically, that Egypt had notified in the run-up there is a build-up of a high likelihood of a significant operation. And the U.S. Intel Department, it is published in mainstream, U.S. or CIA or whatever, in the coming days beforehand, said they were monitoring and seeing a build-up. And the day before, they were seeing actual build-up in chatter. Yeah. All reported in. That, you know, they, they can monitor chatter and they might yeah. not be able yeah. to actually bug, but they can see the chatter in all there's those activity. Suspected. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. an uptick in activity, yeah, which That's means something. Like, that's like the inversion of the yield curve predicting a recession. It never fails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So so it, you should ask the question, especially after the last three years. I kept making that point to the people who attacked me. A few people attacked me. And I said, after the last three years, I would never have, have asked this question 2019 and before. I would have said, this is horrific. And obviously, people screwed up. Yeah. But after the last three years, you it's no longer a world where you where you stop questioning. Obviously, yeah. no. that day is over. It's gone. It's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> Ivor Cummins, good to catch up with you again. Let's talk in about another month or so. Um, plenty to think about there. And uh, look forward to our next chat. Great stuff, Paul. Did all. Thank you. Bye now. Rational discussion. Common sense. Open debate. RCR. Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. Okay, that's our show for this Thursday morning. Get ready for Real Talk with Rodney Hyde through to one. Then Tobias Tahi with his Truth Speaker show through to four o'clock. And then the crunch, Cam Slater after that and following the crunch of the replays. As I mentioned, we're back tomorrow with our Friday post-election super political panel. Super panel. Plus, also we'll be doing our feedback review as well as I mentioned earlier. I'll see you for a bit tomorrow but uh, I'll be back uh, for the full Monty from 7am Wednesday morning. want to thank my team want to thank Bonnie Shana, Fleur producer Dave. Thank you guys um, believe me without those folks behind we do not have a show. It's as simple as that. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio